This is Hope Solo. Welcome back to Hope Solo Speaks. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm very thankful and proud to be here with SiriusXM. I'm very proud of the work we have done here and the content that we've provided with insightful, honest, and recognizable guests. I'm proud to touch on topics outside the realm of stadiums and arenas. I'm proud to have pushed boundaries time and time again, often having very difficult discussions and gaining invaluable insight. I'm proud that at the very start of 2023, my formal objection to the U.S. Women's National Team's class case was awarded an additional $1.1 million just last week. I objected for two reasons. First, believing that each player deserved to know how much money they would receive from the settlement proceeds. I objected to class counsel's failure to list how much money each player would be allocated from the settlement. And second, I objected to the amount of attorney fees Jeff Kessler was attempting to collect. Kessler's attorney fee request totaled $6.6 million, which represented 30% of the entire $22 million settlement amount. In the Ninth Circuit Court, the high limit for attorney fees is 25% of the settlement amount. The court reduced Kessler's fees to $5.5 million and an additional $1.1 million will be distributed amongst the players. We were able to get this done all by doing what I do, dissenting, not caving, not taking the easy way, not following suit, and certainly never giving up. It's been a great start to 2023. We have also worked hard to pass the Equal Pay for Team USA Act, which compensates Olympic athletes equally and was passed in both House and Senate and signed by President Biden on January 5th. Where can we go from here? 2023 is showing itself to have much potential. 2022 was also a year filled with major victories and historic wins for our entire U.S. soccer family. A AAA court unanimously found U.S. soccer in the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee in violation of the Ted Stevens Act for not practicing 20% athlete representation in all decision-making. So Athletes Council, it's time to wake up. This happened on your watch, and fighting for athletes' rights is your main reason for existence. The unanimous finding by the AAA court was a huge victory for all of us who care about the state of our sport. Yes, 2022 had major victories, and yes, major losses as well. But as always, we, the Stevens, come out on the other side, heads held high, and I stand here very hopeful and excited today on our first episode back in the new year. I also want to take a moment to thank all of my listeners, many who love me, many who hate me, many who may love or hate our topic that week, but who are always willing to see things from angles outside the muzzled mainstream masses. Thank you to everybody here today. Now, this is a topic that I'm not exceptionally excited to talk about, but I would be remiss if I didn't address the controversy taking place on the men's national team. I'm sure by now we have all had this subject thrown down our throats as we try to prevent our gag reflex over the ongoing U.S. soccer drama. But for a quick recap, here's what happened over the course of the past month. It all started with U.S. soccer announcing that they hired a law firm to investigate potential inappropriate behavior toward multiple members of the staff and outside the organization. This statement was followed by men's national team coach Greg Burhalter putting out a lengthy statement saying in part that when he was 18, he kicked his future wife in the legs, an incident he decided to disclose publicly after an unidentified individual threatened to use that information to, quote, take him down as the men's national team coach. He went on to say that there are no excuses for his actions and that it was a shameful moment that he regrets to this day. He continued saying that he and his future wife, Rosalind, who he went to the University of North Carolina with and who also played on the girls' soccer program, reconnected after seven months and after he voluntarily sought counseling. Now, all this took place with his then-girlfriend, now wife, 31 years ago when they were in college and when he was 18 years old. Come to find out, the complaint was made by the mother of World Cup player and national team members, Gio Reyna's mother, Danielle. She contacted U.S. Soccer Sporting Director, Ernie Stewart, to make a complaint about Burhalter after Coach Burhalter attended a leadership conference and spoke about a situation at the World Cup that involved disciplining a player and even thinking about sending him home. 
it was made clear that he was referring to Gio. Danielle Reyna was upset about Burhalter dumping on her son and drops the bomb saying that her son is being punished for acting like a teenager and Burhalter didn't get punished for his own behavior as a teenager. In the times that we live in, these insinuations and soft allegations must be investigated. The investigation is ongoing. But the storyline is much deeper. It plays out like the days of our lives. Claudio Reyna, former national team great and father of Gio and husband of Danielle, was the best man at Burhalter's wedding. They are former teammates and family friends, their wives or roommates in college. Let's be clear. Rosalind, Burhalter's wife, is the only real victim here who has been forced to play this day out over and over again publicly. All this is taking place while her husband is being considered to extend his coaching duties with the men's national team. Now, is this just a mother defending her son? Is this blackmail? Can anyone come out unscathed? To help me discuss this sad and quite sickening topic is somebody that isn't afraid to be honest, which is almost impossible in this era where everybody is tiptoeing around complete truth for whatever self-serving reasons, be it for political reasons or for lack of integrity or because of fear or financial concerns. Pondering about all that has been fought for over the years in our soccer community, I couldn't be more excited today than to reconnect with a man that I stood side by side with at the election for U.S. soccer in 2017. A man I can always rely on when it comes to wanting better from U.S. soccer. A man I have seen be both hopeful and hopeless. And a man who continues to give back to the game time and time again. Eric Winalda has over 100 caps for our country. He has been the manager of numerous clubs. And he is the host of Counterattack on Sirius XMFC. All right, Eric, welcome to Hope Solo Speaks. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, the last time I saw you, I think it's been about five years now. It was in Los Angeles. Um, you took us out to dinner. You were with your wife. I was with my manager and a couple of girlfriends of mine. And we had a fabulous Italian dinner at your spot. And yeah. I think it's I think it's been five or six That's years. That's too long. Been. I'm sorry. That has been too long. Well, the pandemic hit, obviously. Um, right. I, I stopped going out west, stopped going to Los Angeles, Seattle, um, and really just tucked it in here on my compound, Point Defiance. We got 60 acres. I had twins. Um, and we've really just been trying to get through these last couple of years. It's It's been a tough couple of years for us. So I haven't seen very many people, and it is so good to see your face over Zoom right now. No, it's good to see you, buddy. <laughs> I I think um, the soccer world is is so strange, uh, and then life gets in the way sometimes. But uh, it's good to be with you. It's great yeah. to see you. And uh, Jeremy wanted me to tell you what's up. Thank you for that. We we had some good times at the election. Yeah, if we want to put it into that category, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, we can, I guess it's like one of those things that that, that happened. You that, know, that did happen, and we we yeah. can talk about that too. Um, okay. Where do you there, want to start? I, I I I'm I'm ready for anything, but where do you well, want? Well, there's so much to to catch up on. I, you know, like we said, we haven't really talked about anything for six damn years, and so much has gone on. And you and I have been in the hot seat a number of times on a number of different topics. Um, I'm proud to have you on the show because of how honest you are, how open you are. Um, we see eye to eye in 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 that in 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 most ways. Um, but right now, you know what the hot topic is. And um, for me, the hot topic, um, being Gio Reyna, um, being everything that's going down with the Burhalter family and the Reynas, um, it has been clear to me that soccer is not just soccer news anymore. It mm -hmm. is American sports news. It is out there with the top of sports news for the last month. Um, so I believe that we can officially say that soccer in the United States has finally become mainstream. And with that means that we can no longer sit in this incestual, abusive work environment without being found out anymore. Right. So I say good fucking riddance to that environment, um, to those incestual relationships that have been a part of U.S. soccer for so long. Um, 
but I do almost feel guilty even speaking about this topic, Eric. Uh, it feels like Spanish football and the constant drama of Barca feels like we're on a soap opera show. Uh, nonetheless, what's going on with the Reina family and the Burhalters? It's sad. It's in my eyes, it's pathetic, um, and it hurts many people involved. It's a stain on the sport that we love. It's an embarrassment to the soccer community. And one in the end, whatever the end result is, nobody's going to come out of this a winner. Mm -hmm. Nobody can fully be happy, whether it's guilt by one party, they have to live with that guilt, or the embarrassment and the end to a career for another party. So I know many of us are sick of talking about this topic. I've taken a couple of weeks of a break for the holidays and the new year. So here we are. We come back to this topic. Are you sick about talking? Are you, are you sick talking about this yet? I don't I don't think it's that's the right word. I, I'm not sick of it, but I, I think it's a, it's actually in the way it always has worked. And as you well know, is there's, there's U.S. soccer doesn't have one elephant in the room. They have about 10 and, and nobody likes to talk about uh, the, the things that that really happen and nobody takes action on on when it when something bad happens or something corrupt is 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 in the midst of, of, of this business that they run nobody wants to talk about it. they just put it underneath the carpet and they expect it to go away but this whole nwsl thing was was an indicator that that yeah there's a dark dirty world out there that was perpetuated by people who are incompetent or afraid uh to to speak up and there's been some very powerful women who have 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 challenged the system, but at least have been brave enough to 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 say what was necessary um, uh, to invoke change, which is what you and I have always been about. We've always wanted things to be better. We get put in a bad light because we happen to be the people that that say, "Well, this isn't all fine and dandy. This isn't perfect. It needs to be better." And there's a part of them that wants to say, well, this is the way we've always done things. And then there's a part of, don't say that because there's a guy that's about to spend a lot of money on this thing that we don't want him to know that. So you get put in a, in a weird spot for, for being truthful. But uh, this whole thing with, with uh, the Reynas and the Burhalters, as unfortunate as it is, it does shed light on a, um, a, a very a, a underworld that, that a lot of the American fans don't know exists. And you know, when you talk about the Reynas and their inclusion in this, it's mainly because they have a sense of entitlement and they have a sense of access. They felt that they had access to uh, the powers that be, that they could just make a call and make this go away. Um, and that's that's not the way this process works. Now, what has happened with, um, Unfortunately, with Danielle and and her inclusion in this and her feeling that she needed to say something or to be vindictive, uh, if you're going to mess up my kid's life, I'm going to come after you. Um, is is it's just we've learned one thing. Right? Oh, don't mess with a soccer mom. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I wasn't going like, to be the one to say it, Eric, but it does have rumblings of what I've been through on many of my my journeys with my teammates, right. you know, and these were former teammates. Um, it, it, it just feels like the drama, you know, and, and well, I mean, the look, backstabbing. Here's, and the here's what I would say to you. And, and you remember when this whole thing went down with your coach and what time <laughs> when we lost in the final three, nothing. And, and we made the decision of uh, the bad decision of taking you out of the goal. And then we put microphones in front of you and said, how do you feel about it? And you were villainized by your teammates. You were ostracized by the system because you're a bad person because you're a competitor. Now, I remember defending you then. I remember the Brandy Chastains of the world saying, I can't believe you're defending her. I remember that. And I, in, in, a, in a certain light, I, I have this, this understanding of human emotion. And I, I, forgiveness is a big part of me i don't i i i think that what you did actually is in 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 a lot of ways similar to this in, in the sense that people just don't understand the realities of you worked your whole life to get to a point where you could be your best and do what you wanted to do and that's to help our country win a game and then it's taken away from you in a moment because someone has a gut decision 
these kind of decisions, they're big decisions, and then they can all hide behind the well, these are important decisions. This is why I was hired to do this, because when it's and, and, and that, that that obviously that decision didn't live well, but understanding the realities and the disappointment that a human being feels when they've worked their whole life for something just to have it taken away by an inept, incompetent person is going to invoke a hum, human emotion that is not going to be understood by people who aren't as competitive as you are. And so to be villainized for that, I thought I thought that that was wrong. I didn't I didn't like it at the time. Uh, I still don't like it today because I remember saying, well, what the fuck did you want her to say? You, uh, uh, you know, I would have been just as bad as Brianna that day. Is that what you wanted her to say? Does that would that make you feel better that 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 you had been a good teammate to say that I'm just as bad as she just was? No, don't do that. Don't do that to somebody who's worked their whole life for a moment that was taken away from. So in, in essence, that's how I think the Reynas feel. They feel that they've gone all across the world and their son is very good and deserves an opportunity to play in a World Cup. But for all these other stupid, uh, extenuating circumstances, the the reasoning made sense to a coach who was had some sort of vendetta against a family not to play the kid. That sounds like U14, man. That doesn't sound like the U.S. national team. So you do believe there was a vendetta going into the World Cup against Gio with Greg Berhalter? I, I do. I, I do think that all all things considered, uh, and you know, and and what I've what I've done is I've stopped making statements. State people can't handle statements. <laughs> they just can't. They. You know, I, I had to deal with the likes of the those two guys. I'm just going to call them the two guys over at ESPN who are still struggling with the English language. They don't know the difference between when somebody uh, points it out that someone's lying and actually calling somebody a liar. I've been called a liar in this process by people who were misinformed, uh, did not know what I knew, uh, and were just trying to get clickbait for their 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 platforms which was a really bad decision. That's called defamation of character and slander. Well, calling somebody a liar, I mean, those are fighting words. Come on. I mean, let's but, have a little class here. I have been told by people who don't understand how this worked, when I said that Berhalter lied about the status of the player, that is factual. That is that is an actual fact. He said that the kid was he had some tightness and that's why we didn't play him. That's what he said. That is actually false. And we knew that the second that that geo said i was good to go i i mean i don't i i and he refuted that that and, and then it came out much later i was villainized and, and, and told that that i was the bad guy in this story so because uh i stated something that was truthful and factual which people can't under, understand or comprehend so the reason why i i will go back to what i was going to say is the reason why i make uh i don't make statements anymore is because i'm just just tired of the riffraff not understanding um, that when I speak, I don't get into the name calling uh, business. I don't do that. It's not necessary. But if I know something, um, not that I felt that it needed to be shared, I actually would regret that. I, I think that there's there's a piece of that 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 makes me feel is that that my words became a distraction to the team, and I, I didn't want that. I don't I didn't want me to be a distraction to the team's success or lack thereof. So. What I say is, okay, has anybody looked into the, the, the history of these two people? Yeah, okay, they're friends. They've been lifelong friends. Taylor Twelman is still telling everybody that they're best friends. He was still saying that a month ago. That hasn't been true for about eight to nine months. These two have been at odds. Uh, and the, 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 the reasoning behind that has been some of the decisions that, that Claudio has made. Um, when it when it comes to the, the the management of one Sebastian Berhalter who played for Austin and was moved mm -hmm. to Vancouver, so people need to ask themselves: Did that in fact have some sort of effect on these two's relationship? And, and then you you do the work, you do the 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 timeline investigative reporting, the meeting yeah. in the media, which we both know isn't going to happen, yeah. but. The, the, I'll ask the question: Did that have something to do with these 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 two? And the answer is is is, is pretty clean. When you look at the timeline as well, right? And so what what Geo has gone through, uh, very similar to your situation, I would say, uh, to work as hard as you worked to get to to the point where you were at the top of your game, 
playing in a final, uh, playing for, for everything, you don't get that chance. I view it the same way, that Gio was stripped the opportunity to help our country uh, for all the wrong reasons. And that's, that's a real problem. And when you look at the choices that, that Berhalter made for this team, uh, we could be critical of that, but he has, he's the coach. He's going to make his decisions. But in this particular case, to let the, the other circumstances creep in to be the determining factor of why he wasn't able to do his job appropriately, which is to put the best players on the field to win the damn game, is not what happened. And that's when we're allowed to be angry as ex-players. We're allowed to, 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 to question that, to challenge that, to ask the question, why? And when we got to the bottom of that why, it doesn't make sense. So it doesn't we, make sense for it to go this direction. We always hope that we can find leaders, managers um, who can make decisions without emotion, right? But like you alluded to earlier, we all have this human emotion, um, especially as players being competitive. The riffraff sometimes don't always understand that aspect of it. But you hope to find that in a leader, in a coach, in a manager, somebody who will make decisions for the best of the team, for the best of the country, and put the performers on the field without any any uh, baggage from the past, without holding right. animosity for uh, kids being kids or animosity just because they don't like a particular personality or whatever it may be. And how, when you look at the history of the managers, both on the men's team and the women's team, we have never had that true leader who doesn't give a shit about anything else around them, but the players on the field who will make the right decisions and, and actually lead these young men into a world cup into play. And same on the women's side, they have been nervous coaches. Many of them, they have succumbed to the pressure of, of the media and the press. We've seen in, in the instance that you are making comparisons to back in my case in 2007 and Greg Ryan benched me, I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're entirely similar because. No, they're not. They're, they're, no, look, I don't want to go there, but. I, but I, I was taken that. out out of nowhere, right? But no, that but coach fell victim to, let me finish what he fell victim to. He felt victim to the pressure of the players, of those big time players, the leaders like the Christine Lillies, the Abby Wambachs, who wanted to give Brianna Scurry her last you know, Cinderella game, her send-off game against Brazil, this big game. And that that was him fall, you know, falling to the pressure of the captains. So you have all these different managers who aren't able to really lead these big name players and bring a team together. And I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Can you think of a manager who's been able to do that for the United States? No, it's it, uh, the only one who actually, um, ironically enough, is is it might very well be um Bora, uh, Bob at times, uh, Bruce certainly had his cronies. Um, but I, I think I'd, I would go back to this. I mean, what, what you just said is can, can these, can we find somebody to lead? And the one thing in, in Klinsman to me, Klinsman, you know, it, it became all about Landon and then he couldn't get on with Landon and Landon was trying to be some of the Eurex teammates. He was trying to have that kind of influence because of who he thought he was. And Jurgen said, I don't want this on my team and you're out of here. And he was, of course, the villain in that story when he may have very well been right. I wish he could have handled it differently. Landon is still a great player um, who it, it might have been a, a better scenario to figure out a way to get him on board to be a better team guy, which he is not. He's he's all about himself. Uh, we had this, in the 98 thing where we had John Harks and my wife. Fantastic stuff that that blew the whole team up. Uh, but I was still, if you believe it or not, I was still in the frame of mind that he's still one of the best players in the country. He should be on the team. And, and my coach couldn't do it. So um, we've had our fair share of, of uh, drama. We've always uh, figured out how to have drama. My, and to follow up on your, your point, though, is that we need somebody that's going to lead the team. We need somebody that's going to have an unbiased opinion about who needs to play and who our best players are. Um, Berhalter has made this all about a system. It's a process. Ernie mm -hmm. Stewart, who has now gone to the dark side as well, is, is, is a part of that process. McBride is, is, is in the room, but I don't think he does anything. Well, you work for U.S. soccer long enough. And I, I, I don't know what color Kool-Aid it was. You got to the dark week. side at some point. <laughs> Everybody's got like a different color rim of the Kool-Aid they're drinking. And they're oh, pretty easy to find out who they are. But 
the problem will be now uh, if, it, like, for example, if they make this decision for Burhalter to continue, which I don't think is 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 what um, is going to happen. It is impossible for our players to trust uh, a coach who has just gone the route of throwing somebody under the bus the way he did. One of our better players. It is something that, in the past, as the one thing that that we 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 did a pretty good job of, of trying to keep things in house. The real reasons why were the fights or the arguments or, or the relationships that weren't working. I know you've, you've had your fair share of drama on the women's side and I'm privy to that. I know some of that stuff, but that's not stuff I'm going to run to the media with. I'm not going to tell people what I think of Julie Foudy. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. But in our scenario and a couple of scenarios with those, with those teams, um, we did a pretty good job of figuring out a way uh, to go on the field as a unit and and a, and a collective group that whether we disagreed in the locker room doesn't mean yeah. that we're going to disagree on the field. We're going to figure that part out. Um, Steve Sampson blew it. Um, we, you know, I just don't think Bruce Arena was was equipped to handle Jurgen Klinsmann's group. It was too much of a transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob had had some some good success success you could say at, at times. Uh, and he's a guy that's not afraid of the hard conversation. He is a guy that will talk to you about stuff, but that doesn't exonerate him from blame of making some bad choices. So it's never perfect. It's never perfect. But as we move forward, um, you would hope, we would hope that we could build a culture um, that there's a trust amongst the players that if there is a process, the, the bottom line is the job is to pick the best players to win the goddamn game. That's it. It has nothing to do with who your dad is. It has nothing to do with who your agent is. It has nothing to do with your story. Your story is gone. What we need is you on the field, participating in a game and being the best option. And that's where we seemingly get it wrong a lot, Hope. We, we, have, a, we have a lot of coaches that let all of these other factors weigh into their decision-making process and they just can't compartmentalize or differentiate the two. And we we get it wrong more than we get it right. Well, that reminds me of something that I want to bring up. Um, I can't tell if you are hopeful anymore within the system of U.S. soccer um, or hopeless. Um, I sent you a text some time ago. Yeah. Um, and I was hoping you don't mind if I share that. Can I share that? Right. So you posted something about... Uh, Nothing is going to change within the realms of U.S. soccer. It had been four years since we lost the election. You went on to say that wanting change will only cause pain if you care. Hmm. I texted you back and I wrote, ouch, that's real, but I won't stop caring. I remember you wrote that. And I and. There's so more, though. There's more. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's what you said. You called me, hey, youngin, basically. So you texted back, uh, that's cute. You're young. You didn't say that's cute, but that, that's kind of how I interpreted it. You were like, you're young. Just wait. You're young. And I texted you back. I said, sounds like you lost your fangs. Mine are still sharp. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Oh, but I, yeah, I but you, to- <laughs> man, and that's four years ago. I, I posted something. Today, I believe, or yesterday, uh, a lot of people asking me, hey, I'll see you at the convention. And I have no reason to go to a no, coaching. I day. hear you. I hear you. And I, I, it's not because I've, I've, I just don't want to walk through those halls and listen to hope anymore. Not you, but everyone's. Yeah, of course, of course. Everyone's belief that this is getting better. Everyone's belief that we're on the right track. Everyone's optimism. And, and and you just end up being Debbie Downer, your Schlepprock. You, you say, or, oh, yeah, or let down time and time and time again. Um, I will tell you, I believe my things remain sharp. Um, but my hope for real change has, has dwindled. Um, with the equal pay lawsuit settlement, which is shit. Again, the media doesn't want to talk about how horrible the deal is. Um, the media refuses to address that major aspect of the deal and where we went wrong, where the team went wrong. Um, and then the Federation's failings along the way. I've been fighting these battles behind the scenes now since I've been done off the field since 2016 for seven years. People don't know about it. Um, 
it's been without one single thank you from current players um, or, or even former players. Um, but it does hurt, Eric. It hurts. But I do believe in the work that we that we do and that I have done. So just this last year in 2022, I talked to the audience prior to you coming on about all the victories that that we've made. I was able to have a AAA court unanimously side against the United States Soccer Federation and the Olympic Committee, charging them in viola- violation of the Ted Stevens Act, which is a federal act, in violation of the Ted Stevens Act, unanimously found by not just U.S. Soccer, but the Olympic Committee, which is U.S. Soccer's governing body, that neither one of them were using 20% athlete representation in all decision-making processes. They weren't using 20% athlete representation. It's against federal law. It's against Ted Stevens Act. I won this. I forced them, U.S. Soccer, I forced them to start using 20% athletes in all of the decision-makings, every single one of the decision-making, and the Olympic Committee. Crickets. Crickets from the media. This is historic. This is athletes' rights, Eric. Crickets from the media. I know. Crickets from Athletes Council. Crickets from current teammates who this affects. It's it's unbelievable to me, but it's actually been a really good year. And that's why I say it's lonely sometimes. It's thankless, but I know that I'm fighting for the right things. And that's why I say my fangs are still sharp. And I think, you know, I know things are slowly changing, but you have to fight for them. And you have to get knocked down a lot of the times. I've been knocked down, but I'm still fighting. And, you know, just recently, Eric, I also shared this with the audience at the beginning um, of the show that I was uh, able to get the class action awarded another $1.1 million just because I dissented, just because I objected to a number of things in the class action lawsuit. I objected. The court awarded, um, said that Kessler and company were taking 30% of attorney fees, which amounted to about $6.6 million. And the most you're ever supposed to get in a Ninth Circuit court is uh, is 25%, which would equate to about 5.5 million. So I was able to get back to the class action $1.1 million to be distributed amongst everybody. Crickets, nothing. No thanks, nothing. That's that's a lot of money into every individual's pockets. But it didn't come with without everyone saying, oh, there goes hope again. She's dissenting. She's objecting. She doesn't agree with this. She's being the black sheep. She's being disagreeable. But in the end, here we stand with more money in our pockets. So everything is a cover up. I I commend you for this because I, and I respect the hell out of everything that you have done and what you just said. And I I think if, if I'm going to make an attempt to grow these fangs back, (laughs) The, the the realities of of you know my plight if 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 you will I mean going backwards is is we're not I'm not in a position to 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 fight um, what has already happened and I I think I've tried that and and I I didn't have the successes that you've enjoyed which congratulations it really is something that I probably, you gave people a lot of hope during that election run Eric a lot of, you brought well, a I, lot of people together I we did. Um, we we are also disappointed with the realities of what Kyle Martino represented, and you know it's 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 he's like a game of Among Us. I mean, <laughs> it was like who's the bad guy in this story? There he is. But um, I, I think I think what what ha- what needs to happen, and what I want so desperately to happen before I'm no longer on this planet, is to be proud of our country to be proud of our federation that is that is a really difficult place to get to we all know what needs to happen we need we need to clean house it, everybody knows that it's not it's not a mystery to anybody and everybody f- f- however many years ago at the election spoke about that spoke about wanting real change and then yeah. they voted oppositely because i think money speaks well, right? that's that's how people handle uh um well, that's what we've learned. We've we've learned that that people will will go into a meeting with us and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they'll go into the next meeting with the other people just to protect their ass and say, can you believe those assholes that we? I mean, well, they're so off base. And then you get called a conspiracy theorist, or you get called a, a bunch of names, and they'll do whatever it takes to protect their hide. That's what that's the world we live in. And 
the realities of what, what the athletes council represent, um, which is really difficult to have any respect for any of those individuals anymore. I would say Aguchi Nyewu for, for me right now is a person that um, I respect immensely. And it's the first time they've, they've, they've had someone like him uh, in those, in those meetings, asking questions and saying, why do we do that? Why would you say that? And he's, he's, he's unafraid. Incredible. Uh, he's a big man. I wouldn't mess with that. That gives me hope that there's at least one, because I look at these names on the athletes council and I'm like, how, 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 how first off did anyone vote for somebody like Nicole Barnhart? I'm sorry. Yes. She was a second or third string goalkeeper and played behind me. I'm not trying to tear down, you know, a backup goalkeeper or anything, but she never had an opinion in her life. Yeah, well, ever in her life, she was quiet and she was a yes person, yes. and that is it. So we have a yes. bunch of yes people. They have been groomed to be in that position to say nothing, to do nothing, and they're getting the people they want. So how are we, as the athletes, voting them in? If you answer that question, you're a better person than I. But I, I remember these conversations. I remember a really unique conversation with Heather O'Reilly, um, who who was very angry with me and I couldn't figure out why. And I realized that, that they've just told her a bunch of lies about me uh, to make her believe that I was a bad person, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, sabotage is a funny thing, man. And, and when you, when you, when you're really on the backside of it and, and you have people who are, are going to great lengths to, to, you know, tarnish your name or to, to say things that aren't true. Um, it's, it's, just because you're trying to invoke change or you want to, you want to buck the system, if you will, you just want the system to be better. I mean, I just want these people to be better at what they do. I mean, we're not asses, we're assets. They haven't been able to figure out the difference and that's on them. That's, that's not something that we should second guess ourselves for uh, that. We just happen to have that wonderful uh, word uh, integrity, uh, which is something that I, 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 I would like to think that my family and my kids, uh, you know, growing up in this home, understand what that means. And that means don't throw somebody under the bus just because you might have a very temporary gain. Do always do what's right. Do the right thing. It, it's, it's not really a hard concept. But when you have people that are going to do the right thing for them and their careers, sometimes you see people making bad decisions. And, and these are fearful people. These are I mean, Shannon Box. I mean, how was she going to make money unless she cooperated? Let's face it, that's how that went down. There's about five or six other people uh, that fall into that category. I'm sure Shannon doesn't appreciate me um, mentioning her name right now, but we don't appreciate you making a bad decision four years ago. So live with it. That's your problem, not ours, that that you are unable it's, or incapable of seeing the light. It's really a tough tightrope to walk. And it some is. of these players I, 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 I love, you know, I love Shannon Box. I think she's a great leader. She was one of the best players I've played with. Um, and she's a good human being. And that's what, that's good what scares me. That's what scares me is you got these good people, but you're right. We're protecting, protecting our assets. Many of desperation, us. Desperation, you know? desperation. And that's the word that needs to be used. Desperation. Financial gain. We'll make politics. We'll make you employment. You get to the end of your career and you're asking the question, oh God, what do I do now? What if I didn't get a call of education? What, what, what's, what's my next move? This is all I know. What do I do? Um, unfortunately, to a lot of people, the next move is to figure out the right or the appropriate ass to kiss. You and I just don't kiss ass, so we're <laughs> never going to be in that boat. Welcome to Sirius XM Radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say here? Um, all right, so we've come to the conclusion that all these ancestral relationships that we just spoke of, what we saw during the election, what we see with the Athletes Council, the fact that there's been very little movement forward and change within U.S. soccer. Um, it's been there since the onset, you know, 100 plus years of U.S. soccer. Most coaches come from the same coaching trees, you know, the American soccer coaching style. Uh, mm -hmm. Executives tend to stick around for most of their careers. Cindy Cohn. Um, you know, she, she's, where do you stand with her? I'm just curious. I, I liked her as a teammate. President? I liked her as a player. She got these toe pokes and worked really hard in the six yard box to get, to, to get these goals. Um, she was a hard worker. She was a competitor, but well, you know, what's funny. People, people say that I ran for president for, I don't know, for publicity, right? I ran because I wanted to get the word out 
that we're getting treated like shit, the women's team, and we're not getting equal pay, which is federal law, which was federal law back in 1963. And the U.S. soccer is not even following federal law. I, I just wanted to get my voice out and be heard. And I knew that was a way. And the fact that I had, uh, you know, I was able to get not nominated and get the nominations, which was very difficult to do. But I right. was able to have very good conversations with a, a number of different state associates, a number of different people to at least wake them up to this topic. At the end of the day, I knew I wasn't going to win, but it wasn't some, hey, I'm here to to just get some get my name in the news. It had nothing to do with that. And I know they say the same thing about you, but it is because we cared. And Eric, we actually thought you had potential to winning. And and I guess the change candidates were all prepared to move all of our votes. And by the way, I'm proud. I did not end up last. There were eight of us running. I was fifth, damn it. I was there fifth. That, that is huge because I had very loyal voters. They stuck around um, for three, four votes. And I had like the same amount of voters. So it was like, you know. Right. 1.8% of the well, vote you know, or whatever. You, you remember when I gave up, I threw in the towel when, when Kyle said he wasn't on oh, board. Oh, and I was mad at you. I was mad at you. I was trying to be peacemaker being like, hey, know, this and, isn't and about he, us. He, this is about making change. I, gave, I threw in the towel and, and and you know, when the, the deal was just so the public could understand this. And if, if Kyle refutes this, then he is a bold-faced liar, which shouldn't surprise anybody. The, the, the deal was is, is that when we sat together and I said, all right, look, we, we need to invoke change. We need to, whatever number spits out of that machine, whoever is higher than the other one, what we need to do is we need to consolidate in that moment and take advantage of that moment and be a consolidated front. And, and to say, uh, if, if it's you, I will walk up on that stage and say, uh, this is your election uh, and you have chosen Kyle to, to be your um, your candidate, uh, I, I hereby would encourage all of my uh, followers who have voted for me to please cast their next vote in the next round for Mr. Martino. That was my plan. You knew that. Everybody knew that. In the moment where it came out and I was, I don't know, four or five percentage points ahead of him, we all looked at him and said, are we going to do this? And his comment quotations was, attrition is my friend. He was not ready. At that moment, we knew. He was hopeful that he was going to get more voters in the next round of voting. <laughs> it was selfish. It wasn't the plan. We all we all were in this almost as a team. Well, we thought we were. We 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 thought we were. Um, I, and that that was the disappointment that I. That but it I, was about the bigger goal. It should have been about the bigger. It should goal. have always been about yeah. that. But but his he you know and I was and I have said this. Um, uh, in, but I was pissed at you. I for know. Throwing in the towel, I was so mad at you. You were disappointed more than anything. Let's call it. Nah, I was disappointed. I was heartbroken. Like, I was mad at you. I was like, what? I'm putting myself through this shit for what? Well, for you what? know what's funny is, and to Kathy's credit, um, when the first number came out, she made a funny joke which you can think whatever you want about Kathy Carter and, and what she represented and what kind of candidate she was. But she said something really funny when that first number came out. She said, I'll race you to the door. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I think she knew in that moment that that uh, politics were, were going to prevail. And, and, you know, Carlos, you know, as, as much as we could, we, you know, when leaders when take leadership roles and bad things happen on their watch, boy, they have a hard time taking responsibility for that. If he, he he's not really a bad guy. In, Man, in, I really, I, I, we I can love Carlos. Him. I love Carlos. I, I think he's a really good human again. Maybe this is where I'm naive. I don't know how he does his no, business I, dealings. Um, I, I think, I think, you know, to, to, as when he, as acting president, um, you know, when he called after and said, boy, that was something. And I said, well, congratulations, Mr. President. I said, I know that this is a might come as a surprise to you, um, but how can I help? If there's anything I can do to help, if there's anything that you believe uh, to be true or helpful in my platform, uh, I will be in full support of of you and your candidacy and your, now your presidency. That, that's 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 the way this works. I, I, I'm, I'm not here to, to continue to scream at the rain, if you will. I want to help. And, and if I can help you, uh, now that this is over, this process, the first process was the hardest part. But what we, you and I didn't realize is that Cindy Cohn, 
Parlo was 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 actually put there uh, as the Trojan horse to take Carlos out, and people don't realize that. People don't realize that that's actually what happened. You know, and this 1999 it, it, team has really taken over the entire federation. It, it, you it, won't it, see it, me anytime soon, anywhere close. Well, I mean, but it's 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 you know, and I, I make jokes about that all the time. I mean, you know, I I think I said something silly the other day, like, like you know, I'll, I'm the greatest American coach that this country will never know. <laughs> Which is probably true, but it, you know that it's in a joking way. Is as much as I want to be involved in the process, um, that's just not the kind of process I want to be involved with. But you know, in Carlos's scenario, uh, I got to give the man a lot of credit. Reached out to me and and had a ton of questions, um, and I continually told him to watch his back. And he said, "Oh, I think I think we're past all that." I said, "No, sir, watch your back." This the way that this is all played out has has got a lot of the the, the wrong people nervous, um, and and they're they're going to turn you into and he if go back in time I mean if you ask him straight to his face, and he would he would maybe he remembers this or maybe they always you know say well I don't recall or whatever but uh, my point was is that he needed to watch his back and that. Um, some of the things that were coming down the chute were, were they were looking for a fall guy and, and he, he ended up being that guy. So, I mean, look, I mean, it, it was very, it was very, very well done. Can really you answer me this though? And, and huh, I don't know if anyone's ever said this, but how the hell is Cindy Cohn, the president of us soccer? I don't understand it. And going back to the election, people thought that you and I were running for whatever media and, and attention and no former athlete could ever run the federation, right? Well, well, lo and behold, no, I, I said the this former in player running the federation. I know running I know. the federation, the and and they Remember, hated she us. She was the for one. Running. She was the one that zoomed us, and and well, she was holding her child, questioning our business acumen. That that was her big thing. What makes you think that you have the business acumen to handle such a position? Mm-hmm. That was the question, and and she was the one put in charge. In order to to go back so to the can she handle it? Because I would I think it's fair to say that it's the board making all of her decisions. Well, okay. Does it surprise you that uh, putting somebody that in there that you can control? Uh, oh, of course. That's what I'm saying. She's the face. She's being controlled day in and day out by the board. She she's there. You know, it looks good for U.S. Soccer to have a woman as president. It looks good to have a former player. I mean, this is typical U.S. soccer. You know, they, oh, no, they are smarter than sense. everybody. They have a good PR firm. They have great attorneys. They have the media in their pockets. They know what they're doing. And that's why it is really hard to get the truth out with U.S. soccer. I think recently you said um, the common occurrence in our country is that media is asked by the Federation not to comment on certain situations. And it's the truth. They have the media in their pockets. They they have, Nobody the, likes to talk they about have that. the money, they you have deep pockets. I, I have been, and, and that's not a money thing. That's an access thing. So, you know, you have, you have people that work for big publications and they say, well, if you write that, um, you will not be getting a press pass to the next of event, or we will just stop answering the phone or we will no longer have access to the people that you need information from in order to write the articles and have a job. Of course. So they, they basically are, are, you know, twisting or strong arming people of course. Uh, to, to coercion so that they can keep their jobs. I mean, so I, when I got fired, Grant Wall knew hours before I even knew, and they wanted the story out. U.S. Soccer wanted the story out before I had a chance to tell anybody what really happened because they said I was suspended. The reality was I was fired in that room with, with Dan Flynn. I was fired and Jill Ellis and they gave it to Grant Wall and said, Oh, we're, we're suspending solo for three months. That's it. No big deal. You know, she'll be back in no time. I got my severance pay. I got my health insurance removed just like that in that boardroom. And nobody would know it. The media already heard Grant Wall's story and already heard us soccer story. So it is a power play that us soccer is using you know, to get these media be behind them and, and tell the story that they want told. That's why everybody has celebrated the class action suit. It's yeah. not, it, it shouldn't be celebrated as this historic, great settlement. It's not. In fact, the team and Jeff Kessler, they lost on summary judgment. They didn't even have a hearing. This is 
this is a historic equal pay class action lawsuit and there's no hearing for it. That's how bad Jeff Kessler fucked up. <laughs> God, I love you. I really do. I miss you. You know what? My fangs are back. You've, you've okay, talked. Good. I, I was Let's hoping go. I could get them back. <laughs> no, but I, I, and all that being said, you know, you walk into those walls and, and, and through those halls and, and, and you, we make jokes about Kool-Aid or, or, or whatever. There is a, a, a narrative that, that is understood. Uh, and, you know, poor Cindy, I'm going to say it in this sense. I mean, every time she does anything, she has to look over her shoulder, her right shoulder, make two calls for, and, and, and the, it's a lawyer and a lawyer and another lawyer. Uh, and then the, of the of ultimately the decision is don't do anything. And that's, that's the position she's in. JT Batson is now the CEO, which was a really interesting um, mm-hmm. uh, twist in this story. I, I think this is a, a really unique guy. He's incredibly intelligent. Um, I have had the chance to speak to him, to congratulate him on taking the position, and also just to ask some questions of, of where he sees this thing going. Uh, seems like a really good guy. And, and this is a guy that's very similar to us as players, you know, taking a big financial mm-hmm. hit just to be a part of a process uh, that hopefully uh, comes good at one point. Now, of course, there's a big payday at the end of this in 2026. I think that's the other thing that people don't understand. People like Carlos Bocanegra st- stand to make a lot of money, uh, it, you know, by the World Cup coming to the United States uh, and Canada and Mexico. That These people are a part of uh, the distribution of, of, of money uh, that if they all, you know, stay close to each other, they'll all financially gain from that. And that's factual. People don't understand that. The, the media isn't going to gonna enlighten people. They're not going to say, well, that's the decision that so-and-so made. Do you know that he's going to get paid to say that, right? No, they don't know that. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, the, the politics of it all, the, the ramifications of, of change, if, if you will, really scare people. It's just, it's just a man, it, this, they're afraid that this whole house of cards will fall over and, and we'll be left with nothing if someone like you or I are, are, are in, in a decision-making role, which, which I was going to get to this earlier, but I mean, I, I said it in an interview and I, and I mean this, I had no intention of being president I, uh, very long. I didn't want to be there to 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 walk around in a suit or see what kind of sushi they had at the next game, shake hands with people and and do the whole hey isn't this great? I, I was at no intention of that. I wanted to roll up my sleeves, get behind the scenes, look at some of the policies, look at some of the the, the realities of what we were doing, not decipher what the big decisions should be because I, I'm. I, I'm going to play accountant now, or I'm going to try and manipulate the money the way Sunil did. I would hire people or bring people into the equation who would allow us to make very qualified decisions. I mean, I say this all the time as a coach, when you build your staff, you're you're the best listener and you're, you have leadership qualities, but you surround yourself with experts in their field to give you, it's, it's our president, the United States. You can have your feelings about how he's running the country or if he's running it at all. He certainly is surrounded by people smarter than him who will help him make decisions the best interest of the country. Did they do that all the time? No. And we could argue politics until we're blue in the face. However, if you're president of U.S. soccer, we just needed some policy changes. We needed to stand up and fight for our women to make sure that they were being treated appropriately. We all knew that. We need to change the way that we... Uh, find players. We need to change the platforms, and we need to make this less expensive for uh, for for people who are excluded from this elitist game. We've even called it elite now. I don't even why they would go there. They're going to call it. I guess you elite. own it, right? It's like that's See, the I, I always thought that was self-explanatory. I, I thought that was the obvious. You know, you win, you bring in people. It's not like you're going to make every single financial decision. I thought so too, but I think I think people are afraid of of people who are um, who have integrity and have the information or intelligence. I mean, just I went to San Diego State. My dad went to Princeton. You know, I, I tell people that all the time. My dad was a Rhodes Scholar. I was not a student, but I certainly have a Princeton education through my father. That's why I'm able to speak. Uh, and, and that's why I have, I, I can exude rational behavior. Have I had some irrational moments in my life? You bet, as, as, as everybody. But when it comes to the sport and it comes to uh, making logical decisions that are in the best interest 
uh, of the game, of this country, of their federation, I think uh, we were actually very good candidates. And it's unfortunate that we are on the spot now that we are. You know, I'm going to take it one step further. One thing that we left off with these um, relationships and the way U.S. soccer is ran, um, whether it's the relationships with the media or, you know, making decisions based off of power and financial gain and politics. When you talk about the political structure within U.S. soccer, you can't forget who their oversight committee is, which we talked about earlier. We're a national governing body. The oversight committee is the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, the USOPC. They are intertwined. They are yeah. in bed together. They, I mean, you look at all the failings that the USOP has, USOPC has had, whether it's with gymnastics and a number of different other sports, they have not been doing their duty as an oversight committee. And they certainly were not doing that with their relationship with U.S. soccer. It is a very tight relationship because U.S. soccer brings a lot of money to the USOPC. One step further is U.S. soccer's relationship with United States senators. All of these relationships coexist. So, yeah. you know, you can't forget that political aspect of it for the listeners out there. It's not just us complaining. It's not the fact that we can't get things done. There's a structure put in place and relationships put in place and people put in place to where it's almost impossible to get something done. And if you do get something done, it takes a lot of fight, a lot of money and a lot of tears probably. And it takes years to get something done. Years. It yeah. doesn't happen overnight. And and I will say, Eric, that we have made change. Um, you know, there have been new policies put in place. Soccer United market, Marketing no longer exists. Um, Which is know, something that you and I fought for tooth and nail, but keep going. Yeah. They know that it, there's been um, different policies put in place, uh, slowly but surely. Um, and then obviously with the equal CBA moving forward between the men and the women, you know, I think there's some... Uh, in terms of bonuses and things like that, you know, there, there's some things to question about. Uh, but overall, there's going to be equal CPAs moving forward. I never thought that would happen. Um, yeah. So, so, but it's taken way too long, way too long. And this is why it has taken too long. And I don't think people understand that you're fighting from every different angle. There's so many different avenues to fight before U.S. soccer makes one tiny little change. Well, I mean, and also, I mean, not to not to criticize our, our re most recent appointment of Anthony Hudson as the national team coach, who's probably one of the least qualified people to do that job. That is by design. That is put out there. Let's put that guy in that position. We know we're going to fire him or get rid of him. Or, or you know, eventually, Sarakin was in that spot. Even back to my days, it was a guy named John Kowalski, who they knew they could easily dismiss. Uh, and never really had a realistic chance of, but it's all by design to keep us focused on the wrong things. So now we're all going to say, oh, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's incredible that this is the decision that they've made. Well, they're behind the scenes trying to figure out what the big picture is going to look like. We just won't like that big picture uh, when it finally is presented to us. And they need time in their process uh, to figure out a way to present it. That's all this is. Yep. Well, they see, I'm going to gather the, the PowerPoint presentation yet to, to tell us what this looks like. It's coming though. I'm going to seem like a hypocrite by saying that I wish Carlos Cadero was running U.S. soccer because of his, you know, mistakes that he made along the way. But you can learn from mistakes, I believe. Um, but he wanted to bring us back into the fold. He doesn't want to. See, to this is what enemies. makes you why, why is Hope hope. Solo not not? You're not a hypocrite. Help? Why not a am hypocrite. I not a face of U.S. soccer? Why are you not? Why don't we just keep it in the family and, and have everybody help work towards the 2026 World Cup? This is what his vision was. And I think it's incredible because right now we're alienating so many people. I know you have to go. We we got completely off topic. I did That's not okay. even finish. That means with we have to do it again. The Reynas and the Burhalters. Um so can can I can I keep you for five more minutes so I yes. can come full circle. Um okay. let's get back on topic. I know we talk a lot of politics. It's been five years so we had a lot to talk about. Um most of us come to the conclusion, I'm going to go back to the Reynas and the Burhalters. Most of us come to the same conclusion that it can never be fixed. Burhalter will not be able to move on as head national team coach. Um, you uh, indicated the same. Well, how should Gio handle this? Because what I feel, you early on you said it seemed like an entitled move by Danielle to make. Like she can make a call to U.S. soccer, make her complaints. I feel like it looks like it's a mama's boy who really never got underneath his out from underneath his mama's skirt. Um, and I know that's hard. I'm probably the only one saying that about Gio. He's been put in a horrible position, but he's a, he's a young man now. How can he step out from his mama's skirt and, and own this? And, and has he made I, any I think, comments? I, 
in that, in, in, when you frame it like that, it's probably the best thing that ever happened because it will never happen again. And he actually, as a young man, gets to say, mom, dad, stay out of my life when it comes to this stuff. Don't ever embarrass me like that again. Well, that, perhaps that, you should say that publicly because right now well, I mean, I, he seems I, I like a sniveling little boy. But, but that's that's going to be used to his parents you. fighting his battles. But it's it's but we don't know if that was ever something that he had knowledge of or it was was, you know, he didn't he didn't type that. He, he didn't pick up the phone. His mom did. And, you know, I have I have a soft spot, if you will. Um, for for Claudio and for Gio, um, Gio lost a brother uh, in in Jack uh, to uh, a brain tumor, cancer, and that that had an, an an incredible effect on that family. And it it became a thing. I would say that that family really put all of their eggs into one basket, and it was a let's get behind Gio, let's let Gio live this dream. And when that dream was shattered, um, the, the reaction was inappropriate. Now, we could beat them up for days on this and say that was really dumb. Uh, that was a passion move. That was a, 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 an emotional reaction. Um, that's a very human thing to do on a very large scale. But because of the way it has all played out, this will force Geo to pave his own way. This is Good about Geo now. So. This isn't about so. what happened. Uh, and and I, I believe that his talent and his ability will come screaming through. He is too talented um, for, for this not to have a, a better ending. I mean, even when I, I'll tell you, I'll go off topic a little bit. And I, and I do, I, I'd rather stay with you than go do what else. <laughs> I had to do. So the, uh, when my daughter had a tryout, you know, I didn't want her to have the one all the name. I wanted to change her name so that it wouldn't be painted. So that she could, and, and on one occasion, she had a tryout where she thought she didn't make the team because I didn't tell her that I changed her name. Oh my God. And when she made the team, she was very mad at me. I mean, she didn't make the team because she didn't hear her name called. She was very mad at me because she thought you pissed somebody off, you made somebody mad and that, and now I'm the one that's suffering from it. And then I had to tell her, actually made the team. Did you happen to notice that so-and-so made the team? That was you. Because um, I didn't want people to know that that she was associated with me. I wanted her accomplishments to be her own, and they Jeremy are. Jeremy feels the same way, by the way, with this Stephen's last name and living back in Washington State. He wants our kids to be able to live their own life out from underneath our name, yeah. our individual name. Tatum Winalda, Tatum Winalda will change her name to something else. Tatum Milan, the the artist formerly known as, you know, I don't oh, know, but it, I I think that that our as a parent, I have six children. I have a lot of responsibility there. I have six very different people um, that I love immensely that have different views of, of the way and different personalities in the way that they go about their business and the way they perceive the world. How many girls uh, do you have? I have four girls. So four I have, but, um, and I got the two young ones, you know, I got the, the eight-year-old just turned eight and the, and the six-year-old. Um, the eight-year-old was the one that uh, had to have a tooth removed yesterday, which was something that. Any goalkeepers yet? Girl, man, I was like, like, wow. But you know, I have, I, I've always, I've told this story before about my daughter Tatum, who my oldest daughter uh, tried to be a soccer player. She was pretty good, but she wasn't really a top-level player. She knows that. She's up in Seattle now, uh, studying medicine. And my my son, who is now 21 years old, um, had a bunch of health issues. So he really never became, uh, he never really could be as athletic as he wanted to be. My, but when Tatum was born and she was about five years old, she had her first game. And I had had this moment with my son, Tim, where we went to one of those old games and I held his hand and they showed the old videos of us playing and it, and it hit him hard. He said, dad, I don't want to be a soccer player. And I said, why is that, honey? And he, he said, I, I just, I don't, I'll never be as good as you. And I, I said, no, that's not, you, you play for Florida, you play for to be with your friends. And, but it was a big deal to him. So flash forward to Tatum in her first game and she scored five goals. In her Papa, first I'm going to be better than you. Right in my face. She grabbed my ears and she said, come here, daddy. Oh, you're so cute. I'm so proud of you. And she goes, I'm going to be so much better than you ever were. And she might be right. I mean, she is mm -hmm. at a stage now, full, full ride scholarship to Pepperdine, one of the freshmen of the year this past year. And it really? is so amazing watching her 
fulfill that part of all her life. But, but this was a person and a personality that we saw at a very young age, that this is the way she is. I'm seeing that now with my 13-year-old and my six-year-old, not so much with the eight-year-old, which is fine, which is fine. People are allowed to have other interests. I will never be the overbearing parent who tells my kids that they have to do anything. I'm going to support what they want to do. And then maybe I'm different, but uh, I've had success with that. And I, well, I think we, we, well, when we go back to the geo thing, mom, um, mom was protecting the nest. Mom was a grizzly bear. You don't come near a grizzly bear cub. You just don't. You don't because that will invoke irrational behavior out of that bear. When I got benched in 2007, my family was in the stands cheering for Brianna Scurry. Okay. And they knew the pain I was going through. So I don't right. think, and they're, my mom's a mama bear. So is my grandma. Don't mess with my family, but we still deal with things on our own as adults. I, I was going to, we have one thing, one thing. I got set against Brazil, July 4th, World Cup, 1994, in Palo Alto. Biggest game possibly. That's one thing you and I have in common. Maybe you didn't know that. And I, I had had a good tournament up to that point. My coach told me, you're not going to play today. And I went to Hugo Perez's room to, to, to say, I don't want you to think that I'm being a bad teammate. I'm rooting for you, buddy. I love you. You're my brother. I hope you have a good game. It didn't work out. But my family, the same thing. They sat in those stands and those tickets to not watch their son play and root for the United States because that's what you do. Yeah, that's what and that's do. the way that's appropriate behavior. You know, having yep. having that, that sense of decorum is, is and class is something that, that not everybody has. Well, Eric, I know our next topic, the next time I have the privilege to have you on Hope Solo Speaks as a guest, the next topic is going to be parenting because I want all the advice that you can give me. <laughs> kids are about to be three in March. We got a boy and a girl, completely different personalities, but uh, everything I know that I've seen it. I've seen it for as long as I've known you now, since probably what back in 1997 was probably when, around the time I first met you. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyways, I, I saw you bring your girls to our games. I've seen the proud father that you are. So it would be an honor to have you back on the show just to give me advice and to talk about kids and parenting. It. You got it. I got some stuff. I, I, I'm a little unconventional, but I hope I can help. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Have a good day, Eric. Thank you so much for being on. You got it, Hope. Hope Solo Speaks is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Sirius XM Podcasts.